Welcome to the TV Kids Festival. I'm Kristen Brzezowski, the executive editor of TV Kids, and I am delighted to be speaking with Chris Nee, known for such shows as Doc McStuffins, Vampirina, and Ada Twist Scientist. Hi, Chris. Hi, it's so good to be here. And we are so glad to have you. And among the many shows to your credit, Doc McStuffins was a resounding success. What was the origin of that series and what have you learned through that show's success about creating characters that resonate so deeply with children? The impetus for it was um, sort of twofold. One was that my son had asthma. And so it was sort of the classic thing of a parent trying to figure out um, he spent way more time at the doctor's office than most parents, you know, kids. And he had been rushed to the ER at one point. And really the next week I was trying to figure out like, what was I, what could I do to make this better for him? I wasn't going to cure asthma because I have no abilities in that sphere. Um, and I realized that nobody had done a show to demystify kids' um, fears of, of the, going to the doctor and those things. So it was sort of like a perfect idea at a perfect moment. But if I'm honest, like the other piece of why that show at that time was because I was really feeling like I wanted to leave the end of writing for preschool TV because we were in an era where everything was sort of a, and not there's nothing wrong with this category, but everything was following sort of a two camera um, call and response shows that had like, you know, by page three, you have to have this event and by page five. And I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. Um, so I, I, you know, I had other parts of the business I could have been writing in. And so Doc was very much for me professionally, a sense of being bored and seeing if I could write a show the way I wanted to write it and get it through. And I got very lucky that Nancy Cantor was at Disney because I think she was filming the same stuff. <laughs> and then looking at a show like Vampirina, it's one of those series that parents actually adore watching with their children. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> no. So I'd love to hear what were those keys to getting that co-viewing hook? First of all, I'll say that I, by then I sort of had the ability to even push further the tonality that I really like for kids, which I think is often a little closer to kind of a, um, a, a family features. Um, you know, I started at Sesame Street, which was so great at working on two levels so that there was the level that the kids were watching and there was also the level that the parents were watching on. Um, and I just don't, I don't have that sense that if kids don't understand every single beat of something, they won't watch it. And that's a really different way of approaching preschool TV. I think they'll grow into it. I think they recognize what an emotional beat is because of how everybody reacts to it. Um, so I do think that just doing really strong character comedy work um, through the very specific point of view of whatever the weirdness of the characters is, um, keeps the parents in there. And then the other real secret when you when you're trying to keep parents in and watching is having great voice casts and great music. And I love music. So like I just I want I I want to get to get Patty Lapone to play a grandmother so that I get to meet her and record with her. Um, I'm just trying to make myself happy. And it seems to make uh, uh, you know kids and parents happy as well. Yeah, absolutely that works. Yeah. You've signed a multi-year deal with Netflix. 
like to hear what having that support and that relationship with this global streaming giant brings. Well, I'm actually at the end of that deal because um, it's been four years, but um, and I think so much in the business is changing right now and everybody's kind of holding their breath to see where it's going to go. But, you know, look, that support at the beginning, I made four shows in four years, um, at, like from beginning to end. So uh, it's a little, my my productivity level is a little crazy. And I got to make all kinds of things that were just dream projects. We the People was definitely a dream project. Um so I just felt like a kid in a candy store. Uh, I, I had so much fun um, just kind of filling, filling up my life with all of these great collaborators and all of these great projects. And yeah, it was great fun. Speaking of collaborators, how did it come about that you'd be working with President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama and Higher Ground on Ada Twist Scientists? Ada Twist came about because I had actually worked with Mrs. Obama a few times during the Doc McStuffin era. Uh, she did a voice for us and I flew to DC and recorded her in the White House. And I went back a second time when um, uh, we had an episode for military families uh, and met up with Mrs. Obama. So she was they were coming to Netflix and I was coming to Netflix at the same time and they were looking at Ada Twist. It was not it was a book I knew, but I, I, it was didn't come from me. Uh, but when the first lady asks you to take on a project, but it's funny, I actually said no a couple times because I'm not so much a science person. And I I just really needed to understand that I could do it well and that we were on the same page um then of course I said yes and I got to fly to DC again and sit down with Mrs. Obama and um talk through the pilot script and look at all the original designs with her and find out what was important to her so she was a great partner and all that for being not so much a scientist person <laughs> how have you gone about infusing these science and scientific thinking concepts for Ada in a way that's approachable for a young audience well, I would say there are two, two, uh, two answers to that. One is that the, the moment that I finally said yes was when we cracked the idea that um, what I didn't want to be doing was a show where it was like two tablespoons of this and one tablespoon of this. And, you know, because somebody else is actually better at doing that show than I am. Um, but in thinking about science, there are so many elements in science that are really unique to that discipline. One of them is that they 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 really celebrate failure. So failure has to happen on the path to um, to the successes. And so we started to think about the emotions of science and the ways in which science um, and the discipline of science can be really adapted for any other part of your life. So that's when I got excited about it. And then we had on two fantastic science um, consultants. One of them, Allie Ward, uh, very early on said, just write whatever stories you want. There's science in everything. I'll tell you what the science is. So if you start from the science because you got excited about something, great. But you can write any, literally any story because science is actually everywhere. And I will find a science angle for whatever you're telling. And that was really relieving for us because um, then it just felt like the task that we always have, which is having really great specific characters, telling really fun stories with them. Then, you know, um, 
Dr. Ford or uh, Dr. Ward would come in and just help us say like, this is what you're, this is what you're teaching. And then we would lay that back into it. Or sometimes we were starting with an, a science idea. And how has that relationship with the Obamas continued with We the People? Yeah. What were those discussions with Higher Ground that led to such a fantastic show? That actually was my, that was my little baby that I'd wanted to do for a long time. I wanted, I wanted us to be talking about civics. Um, prior to 2016, I was really aware that we were not getting the civics education that we needed, but at the time, nobody wanted to talk about it. I ended a lot of Hollywood meetings <laughs> where I'd be like, and I want to do a show about civics. And they'd be like, great, here's your validation. Um, we like those other ideas you had. Uh, and then around 2016, um, 2017, you know, I really was like, we got to make this happen. And I'll name drop a tiny bit, but I was at a party with um, Norman Lear was at the party. And I know that Norman's really into civics. He owns a copy of the Declaration of Independence. So I went over to talk to him about it. And Kenya Barris was there and I've known him for a while. And by the end of it, we were like, well, we're both going to be at Netflix. Let's let's make this thing. And I'll be honest, he was the, I was already working uh, on Ada Twist with with higher ground, it just, one of the big things that Kenya brought to that was being like, well, why don't we ask the president to be, you know? And I was like, yeah, why don't we? Um, and we did, and they agreed to come on as executive producers, the president and the first lady. The surprise on that, to be honest, I mean, obviously it opened so many doors. Um, and on that project we were going for, to, to get kids to click on something that's about civics, like we needed, Janelle Monet and Corday and you know Lynn Manuel Miranda because like you had to you had to put the sexy in there, um, and so so many doors were open because we were working with the Obamas. But I think the total surprise was how unbelievably involved the president was. Looking back, it shouldn't have been surprising. That's his absolute specialty. Um, and it was the easiest set of notes I ever had to give anyone because I'd be like, well, the president says, <laughs> um, and then everyone kind of goes, okay. Um, you know, I was tempted on shows that he was not involved in to be like, and the president says, and you know, they're like, he's not on the show. Um, but he was really, really involved. We picked the 10 uh, topics together and he would listen to all of the lyrics and give us notes on those. And, um, yeah, it was pretty, it was, that was amazing. <laughs> fantastic. And your shows are certainly exemplary of inclusive preschool programming, but how do you think that children's programming, the industry at large, is doing in terms of inclusivity and representation? There's a lot of talk about it in the business. Do you yeah. actually see this coming through on screen? Well, I think it's important to say that it, it's, it's deeply and obviously they're they're deeply connected, but it's important that that you're seeing it on screen, but also you're not going to see it on screen or see it on screen properly if we're not starting to see real change in in the halls um, in which we work. Uh, and in that respect, I do I I get frustrated still because of course we're not there. Of course, we're not there. And I feel like we tend to do a little like three steps forward, two steps back kind of thing. Um, and I wish we could just do a 10 step leap forward and maybe one back and then like we have so much to catch up on. But I do get excited when I look around 
a space like Netflix or Disney, what I know is happening there. Like I do see a lot more diversity in the ranks. I'm seeing a lot more um, uh, diverse communities actually becoming showrunners, having that aspiration. Um, so I, I'm, I'm hopeful and I also am not hopeful that it will happen at the speed. I mean, it should have already happened. So we just, we have to keep pushing the same process. And, you know, my big thing is like, we have to stop having so many programs and just hire people, hire people into the jobs. Right. Um, and that's really what I try to do. And has representation or ways of thinking about inclusivity and those characters on the screen evolved from when you first pitched a show like Doc McStuffins, which was more than a decade ago? Yeah. What's driving this and what's the work there that still needs to be done? Well, I, I mean, a lot has changed since then. For one thing, I would not run a Doc McStuffins um, uh, now. And, you know, I was not the showrunner on Ada Twist. Um, I agreed to come on, uh, which is which is a, a, a sort of system, systems were kind of the wrong word, but a model that I've been using, which is um, really elevating often first time showrunners and creators, letting them be the showrunners and executive producers of their shows. Um, so, you know, doing this kind of like aggressive, look, we would take the sleep with a white guy. Um, somebody has to be the one who gives them that thing, but also being there because I'm so familiar with the process to kind of guide people through the whole thing. With Ada Twist, I did the um, the Bible and the pilot. And then after that, um, we brought on a Black showrunner, Carrie Grant, who's amazing, who I've worked with for forever. So, so it's interesting. Like, I look at Doc and I'm like, I would not be making that show um, anymore. And yet I'm glad we made that choice then. Um, we were in a different world. Um, it, you know, the uh, the business has definitely changed. And, and when we did that, we really thought it was going to hurt the ability to merchandise that show. Like we made it despite the fact that like, it was like, look, this means it's probably not going to be a pro And of course that turned into a huge product show. And that's actually the biggest influencer of why it opened so many doors because for, you know, businesses are businesses. And it was them seeing that there were, there were, there was a deep um, merchandising path that uh, as well as the fan base, of course, and the, they're all connected, but like that is the piece that said, we're going to do more. And yet it's never as much as it should be. You know, it just isn't. Talk to me about your creative process. What drives you? How do you go about crafting a show? Is it the characters that come first? Is it the music? Is it the theme? I mean, I'm very character ba character based in like, what is the world that I'm going to be able to play in for a really long time? You know, right now, I I've been in this business for close to 30 years. So I've seen so many different cycles of where like, how many episodes are ordered? Like how, when do they do? All of these things are just sort of cyclically changed through really different versions. Um, you know, right now we're in these very short order sort of two season things. So God help me if I couldn't find enough stories for that. But when you look at like Doc, you know, we we had to come up with 400 and something stories for that series. And so you want to make sure you have a world that there's an engine in it that you're like, yeah, I can see, you want to be able to say for easily, I see two seasons, I can come up with stories, three seasons. 
then you want to have like characters. I think my biggest secret, and it may only be the secret for me, it may just be what works for me. I am only trying to amuse myself and delight myself. And, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of an odd thing. Like if you ask me, who am I writing for? You know, I think I'm supposed to say the kids and I am not writing for the kids. But I think because I'm so focused on that version of it that I just feel like I have to be, I need to laugh at the characters. I need to like be able to write monologues that make me just laugh. I want to be able to be brought to tears. I, if I am feeling that invested and in building something that can be for me, it does seem to be the way in which I bring all these other people along. Tell us about the slate of projects that you're working on currently and any of those important themes that are at their heart. You know, obviously Ada Twist, um, uh, Ridley Jones was sort of for me the the third in the in the world of Doc Vamp and Ridley as these really um, fantastic girl leaders. Um, and the show that just came out is called Spirit Rangers. And that was um, created and run by Carissa Valencia, who had originally been my um, assistant and coordinator uh, on Vampirina. And, um, you know, along the process of working with her, I found out that she was native. And um, when I moved to Netflix, and I knew that I had a, the ability to kind of develop other people's work and um, and produce other people's work. The first person I went to was Carissa to say, um, and you know, I could have done the thing of like going to the celebrities who had their new books out that and say like, can I produce you? But I went to Carissa and I said, what story do you want to tell from your perspective? Um, because that's the thing I was the most excited about was I can, I can actually put into practice this thing that I want to do, which is accelerate this incredibly slow process of getting the right people into the positions of telling the stories. And Chris had just came back with the best idea. Um, and so we, you know, when we sold it to Netflix, my thing was she has to be the showrunner, um, not just in name. I will be there to help her, especially through season one, all, through all the stuff she doesn't know how to do. So we did a lot of supporting just to, make sure like you know she'd never been in a mix before she'd never been in a color correct before all of those things but um in terms of uh all of the real creative guidance and leadership that's all from her it was an all native writing room all native cast um uh and we we made a bunch of leaps on people who weren't the normal suspects out of LA um, and and made sure that it was the 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 people who were being represented on screen were making the show. So we had over a hundred native people um, on the crew of that show. It's not my show. I mean, I'm an EP of it. it I'm so proud of it. It has been uh, one of the most glorious journeys I've ever been on. Um, so it's so it's just incredibly important. And she's the first, you know, native. Uh, a woman to create an animated show um, ever. And um, and there are so many stories in there that are, that we just, you they would not be told unless there was an entire room of of all native writer room, you know? So um, that's, that is the perfect example of what I wish, I, I, I don't, I don't think often in terms of like holding up on a pedestal, the, the legal community necessarily. But I love the idea of pro, pro bono work. And um, 
and I wish that everyone who's had the, um, you know, the real privilege of having success in this business would look at a piece of the business that really needs to change for the future to be healthy and give some of their time and energy back to that. You've received a Peabody, a Humanitas, an NAACP, and Emmy Awards for your work. Yes. That, that keeps you passionate about creating for this particular demographic of viewers. Yeah, I mean, I never imagined myself in this space, but then I got a job at uh, Sesame Street early on, and I found out that I really, um, that I loved writing for this age group. I think it's a total privilege. Um, I think you're getting to people when they haven't formed all of their opinions yet. Um, they are so clear about what they like and don't like. Um, and I feel like I'm, 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 one of the people who's writing, there's a lot of people writing really beautifully for this age group right now, um, really fully told stories and deep emotions and complicated emotions and kids who are complicated and not simple. I'm always like, you know, this this era that I that I was pushing against when I created Doc, there were so many things that had just been simplified. Like, you know, characters had really like one personality type and one emotion. And I, I was always like, have you, met a kid they're like they're high opera they you know they're like I one second and crying the next and laughing the next and like all of that complicated stuff I just really love it um so yeah I, you know working with great people of course is a way to keep myself invigorated um bring you know working with young creators I just love it like I just love that role uh, but I still love to sit down and write a script. Like I still, you know, ask to, and this is a good sign. I'll still like, we'll be in a writer's room and it will come up with a story and I'll be like, Ooh, I really like that. And at this point, you know, I'm EPing four shows and I'll say, just put a pen in that one until you tell me that I either have to write it or somebody else has to write it to keep on schedule because I still want to write the really fun ones. So, you know, I think when that, when I don't want to do that, I'll stop creating and writing and do more, more advisory stuff, you know? Um, but right now I still, I still enjoy it. <laughs> well, we really applaud the work that you're doing and I really appreciate getting to have this conversation with you. So thank you. It was fantastic. Thanks so much.